0: Welcome to Dexter First Pentecostal Church Podcast. Dexter First Pentecostal Church is located at 1213 North One Mile Road in Dexter, Missouri. Our current service times are Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7pm. Today's message is entitled, May I Have Your Attention, Please? It was shared by Pastor Jeff Wells on Wednesday, September 16, 2020. Our prayer is, it's a blessing to you. story last week, come across this, and uh, talking about a flock of pelicans <laughs> that happily fished off the coast of California. One day, though, a fishing company began cleaning their, their catch, everything they had caught that day, and uh, they began cleaning their catch at the nearby dock, and where it was convenient for them to cast the discarded. Fish scraps into the water. Now that kind of sounds disgusting to us, but to the pelicans, they're like, "Chichin." I mean, they they scored, and so the pelicans were drawn to this daily ritual, and um, they would come and they would they would they would feed and and were very thankful and appreciative, amen. But soon, because of this, they gave up fishing for themselves, and they settled into what would be. ...considered a more domesticated existence. Life was good. Life was real good for these pelicans. At least until the fishermen discovered that there was a market for their fish scraps. Now, I won't tell you where they found that market because it's kind of disgusting. Amen. But no more fish scraps for the pelicans. So abruptly, the free meals ceased... And despite this regrettable change of fortune, the pelicans continued every day at mealtime. They showed up, only to go away with empty stomachs. It wasn't long before the lack of sustenance began to take its toll. The unsightly appearance of the uh, 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 emaciated birds eventually drew the public's attention. Experts were called in to investigate the cause of their their malnourished condition. Amen. For some unknown reason, the pelicans no longer seemed able to access the abundance of food that was available to them just below the sea. And after a very thorough investigation, it was concluded... Amen. that the pelicans were starving to death because they had forgotten how to fish. Amen. Have you ever heard of anything as absurd as that? Pelicans were designed and they were made to fish. Amen. But they had forgotten who they were. And what they were made to do. Amen. Looking into this story, there's a, there's a lot that can be said. And one thing that I took away from this story for me personally is that when you and I fail or forget or just relinquish our, what we were created for, what our purpose of existence is, Amen. eventually we're going to find ourselves... In a very malnourished spiritual condition. When we don't do what we were made for, when we don't accomplish the purpose in which we were created for, what were we created for? Amen. I'm glad you asked that question. Can I just simply uh, make it very simple tonight? I'm not going to stand before each individual and say, well, here's your purpose. Here's your purpose. I'm going to put us all in the same category, in the same bunch, because this ultimately is what we have been called to do. This is what we've been created for. And I'm going to read it to, amen, from Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, where Jesus himself said, You are the light of the world. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. Wait, 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 I, I thought that was just the pastor. Nope, nope, it is the pastor's place, but it's also your purpose. Amen. He continues and he says, For a city that is set upon a hill cannot be hid. Let your light so shine, or, or it goes on, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. How many will, will agree that we live in a time where they are, the society in general, is in desperate need of some light, amen, in their life? I'm I'm telling you, friend, we live in a dark world. But in a dark world, the light is going to shine even brighter. Let your light so shine, Jesus said, before men that they, who's they? Those in which are in the house, those in which that you rub shoulders with, that they may see your good works. Let me tell you, friend, it matters how you live your life outside the walls of this church. Now, I, I, I appreciate everybody when they come to church. I, I mean, we worship, we, we respond, we, we express our appreciation to God. Some, some are louder than others. Some jump, uh, hey, however you express it, that's, that's wonderful, and, and I'm glad to see it. But if you come to church and you express how great God is, uh, but you walk outside these doors, uh, amen, and you forget how to live for God, that's, that's not accomplishing a whole lot, Amen. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. amen we were created we are the purpose amen in which we were created is to do all that we can amen to reach a lost world to to shine our light, to help guide somebody I, I, it ain't always with words matter of fact, usually the fewer words you say, the more effective you are amen when you're living the way that God's called you to live. Hallelujah. And so anything you do other than that purpose, it's not going to be fulfilling. The Bible says what would you give in exchange for your soul if you were to gain the whole world but lose your soul. Amen. And, and I, I could even go a little further and say what, what, what would you do? I mean, if anything you do other than what you were created for, you're not going to be fulfilled. You're not going to be happy. You really aren't. Amen. The Bible tells us the story, and we we know it as the story of the prodigal son. Amen. Father had two sons. His youngest comes to him and says, Dad, I I want my inheritance. I want to go out and do my own thing. Amen. The father gives him the inheritance, pretty much knowing that, hey, this is not going to turn out very good. But the prodigal son takes his father's inheritance that he has given, and he goes and does his own thing. Amen. Amen. What he was called to do is, is right there where his father was. But he decided, nope, I'm going to go do my own thing. And I'm going to, you know, I, I've got a, a different, different way I want to go about it. Well, the Bible tells us that not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had. And he took a journey into a far country. And it was there that he squandered his property in reckless living, careless riotous living one translation says and the bible says that when he had spent everything now let me tell you if you are sitting here this evening and even if the very small thought has entered your mind i think i may consider going down that road let me tell you your intentions are that you're not going to go that far and it's your your intentions tells you it's really not going to be that bad. But I'm telling you, when you go down that road, you're going to end up just like the prodigal son, and you're going to spend everything you have it will take everything out of you it looks appealing it looks like well that that's that seems like a lot more fun a lot less restrictive and this and that and it's amazing how how in the enemy's ability to bring deception and make really bad things look really good amen but when you go there eventually when you have spent everything you have in the prodigal's case a severe famine came across, uh, arose in that country, and guess what? He began to be in need. When you walk down that road that takes you away from what God's called you to be, when it takes you away from what purpose God has created you for, you're going to find yourself spending everything you've got, and then you're going to find yourself uh, being in need. Amen. I don't know how many times I have talked with people and I have tried to give them, amen, some, some forethought. I wanted them to see it. I wanted them to try to wrap their mind around it. But, but they were so convinced that they would not be like everybody else. And I'm telling you, and some of them have just said, I'm going to prove to you that I'm not going to be like them. And the further they go, the more it takes from them and the further they are in need. Bible says that he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him in his field fields to feed pigs. And that was in itself, if you understand the Jewish culture, that was not a that was not a good job. That was that was very almost like an insult to him. Amen. Uh for, for the pigs were considered to be unclean. And and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. The pigs wouldn't even share their meal. Y'all ever been around a bunch of pigs? I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about actual pigs. Hey, Amen. I, I, I've, I've been around them some, and they don't smell good, number one. Pigs, pigs don't smell good. But I have never once, as I'm watching them eat the stuff they're eating, I've never thought, hmm, boy, I'd like to have some of that. Amen. That's how desperate this man was, this, this, this prodigal son. He was willing to eat from what the pigs were eating. But then, amen, the Bible says in verse 17, when he came to himself. Amen. You remember a few weeks ago we shared Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 in the New Living Translation. I don't have that here tonight. Amen. But it talks about that we are not able amen, to argue and prove our points but when we use the weapons that are not carnal and we pray and we stand on the Word of God, God, amen, can combat that, that argument. God is able to, to get through to somebody who just don't seem like they're, they're their self. I'm telling you, when people walk away, the further they walk down that road, they become less and less like themselves because they're in a, they're in a trance, if you will, some, some way or another. And so when He came to Himself, He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I'm here perishing with hunger? Amen. One translation says, when he came to his senses. Amen. When he was dying of hunger, it was at that point that he got his attention. I want to just for a few moments tonight. Amen. I want to, my subject is this. May I have your attention, please. Amen. What gets your attention? Amen. What, what, what is it that causes you to, to, your ears to perk up? Amen. Have you ever been around a, a crowd of people and, or out, out in public and when they hear the sirens of an ambulance or a fire truck, everybody's looking around, and I, I'm, I'm just as bad. Matter of fact, if I'm out driving, a lot of times I'll chase them down to see what. just, I don't know why. It's just in me, I guess, but what gets your attention? What, what, what about when, when somebody's baking cookies? Am I getting anybody's attention there? Just the smell of those cookies. Hey Amen, not, not that I need any cookies. I'm trying to stay away from cookies, but I'm telling you, they get my attention. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a hot rod car. Maybe some of you guys, you like hot rod cars. And so when, a, when you're driving down the road and you see this old, whatever kind of car it is, it's hot rod. <laughs> and you're like, ooh, that's, that's nice. That, that gets your attention. Amen. Again, we have a, maybe a variety of different desires that may, that may you know, all of a sudden we notice that. We notice, amen, What what's there in front of us. Amen. In Nehemiah chapter 1, the Bible tells us, that the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekaliah. now it happened in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year as I was in Susa, the citadel, that Hananiah, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped and who had survived the exile and concerning Jerusalem. I just wanted to know how, how were they doing. Amen. Praise God. And and they said to me, The remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and the gates are destroyed by fire. Amen. Praise God. Things weren't good, and I'm sure that's not what Nehemiah wanted to hear. But Nehemiah, verse 4, he said, As soon as I heard these words... I sat down, and I wept, and I mourned. That word mourned is the same word that they would use in in describing the mourning of someone's death. I mean, that's how much it affected Nehemiah. And it wasn't just a momentary uh, expression of emotion. But he said, I wept and I mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. He was affected. This news that he heard, it got his attention. He, he couldn't go back to just living like he used to live, but, but something got inside of him because it, it, it motivated him to do something different. Now, a little bit of context. Nehemiah, just to let you know who he was and what he was doing, he, the Bible tells us he was a cupbearer. What, what, what is a cupbearer? Well, it was a, it was a pretty cushioned job. Man, he, he served King Artaxerxes, and, and it, was, it, was, it was Nehemiah's, Place to, to prepare the, 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 the wine or whatever it was that the, that the king would be drinking. Now, it was a risky job because he would have to make sure that nothing had been poisoned, and so if it had been poisoned, he would be the one that would be affected. But it, but it wasn't a laborious job, and he had it very well. He had the favor of the king in his life, and amen. But when he heard the news of the condition of the city of Jerusalem, he couldn't go back to just being a cupbearer. He couldn't shake this feeling. He couldn't, he couldn't get those images out of his mind. He, he, there was something inside him. He, and I, I believe I could go ahead and further say this, that, that there was something that he felt that, that was calling him. Uh, amen. It, it was out of his comfort zone. It was nothing that he had any experience in doing. But. But. And, and if you read Nehemiah, you'll find that he didn't do it uh, on a whim, he didn't do it in, in any type of, a, of rush, but, but he took his time, he prayed, God opened doors, he, he went to his king and, and, and told him what was a matter of fact, the king saw him and said, hey, what's wrong with you, Nehemiah, you're not the same person you used to be, something's got, got your, your concern, and, and then Nehemiah shared with him what, what he was feeling, he just could not shake, uh, amen, these images, and so the king gave him permission and also gave him an offering and the ability to go to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls. I think about this a lot. I think about this story. and I'm thinking, man, he wasn't even there. He didn't even see it with his own eyes. He just heard the news of the condition of Jerusalem. And he wept. And he, I mean, it gripped his soul. I wonder here tonight, you and I, amen, church folk, what is it that's going to get our attention? What is it that's going to change the very people that we are that, that we're not going to be able to go back and just kind of flow through motions and go through motions but, but it's going to grip us to the, to the extent of, like it did Nehemiah that, that drives us to our knees in prayer. What is it that I can do to make a difference? Hallelujah. I mean, h- how much more has got to happen? How much more on a, on a global scale has got to take place? How many more coronaviruses and, and hurricanes and riots and, and wildfires and all, all these political unrest? I mean, how, how much more has got to happen, amen, for something to get our attention? For something to to drive us, uh, amen, with a passion, uh, amen, to be an intercessor to God. Because on my watch, uh, I don't know about you, uh, but I don't want any of my family going to hell. Uh, I don't want any of your family going to hell. Something's got to grip my soul. We just, once again, amen, come through September the 11th. 19 years. No? Yeah, 19 years. Okay. <laughs> wow, 19 years. September the 11th, 2001. I I haven't brought any pictures tonight because most of us we we lived we were alive during that time. We we have those images etched in our mind. But it is a day for those of us who are old enough to remember that will forever be recorded in our minds. Country music artist Alan Jackson, he wrote and he sang a song entitled, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning? Chances are, many of us can easily recall where we were on that fateful day. I can can remember it. I I was listening to news radio and the report came over the, the broadcast, the morning radio show that a that a private plane at at that time, they thought, had somehow or another gotten off course and had crashed into the North Tower. Of course, it was a beautiful day. It was a day without any clouds in New York City. They thought that would be kind of ironic, but, but that was the report until a few minutes later when another plane flew into the South Tower. Then they realized that this was no accident that this had been done on purpose, and of course we know the stories now. There were 19 terrorists that boarded four different planes on that September the 11th morning, with all knowing their intentions to hijack the airplanes, and then they had their designated targets, and they would fly these airplanes into these targets. It was just pandemonium, amen. Of course, during the week of September the 11th, there's a lot of video clips that are shown, and Amen, you're, you're watching it happen and you're hearing the response of all these people. How, I don't know how many times I heard people cry out, oh my God, Jesus, help us. They're calling out to God because, again, it was a, it was such a crazy time. A lot of things were unknown at the moment. They didn't know how many more planes were hijacked. They didn't know if they were being attacked. Amen, I've been listening to a, to a book called... The only plane in the sky. It's a. It's an oral history of the nine eleven uh, day when it happened. Again, a lot of a lot of interesting details there. But you talk about getting your attention, amen. When that North Tower was first, amen, attacked, and those in the South Tower thought they would be okay. They thought they were safe. Matter of fact, the they were told to go ahead and just stay in place. Don't 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 evacuate, amen. But one of the. Uh, uh, I forget the name of the of the company that they, they, they employed over 500 people, but they had done a lot of training and, and because in 1993 the World Trade Centers had, were, were bombed and and they determined that nope we're not we're not staying we're evacuating and because of their decision hundreds of people were able to be saved that day, but of course when the second plane hit the South Tower they suddenly didn't feel that assurance and but it was when the South Tower began to implode and fall within itself. They said that the the towers, when they when they just fell out of the sky, it created winds of over 70 miles an hour. Those that that were well were, were were within a range of safety, but they were affected by those winds. On the many of the eyewitness accounts said they were literally picked up off of the street and they were they 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 were flown down the street and it just. Uh, Craziness, and then all the the smoke, and one guy said it was kind of like taking flour and and shoving it in your face, and then trying to breathe. I mean, the the stories just, and we we now nineteen years later, we we see the end of the story. We we know the the extent of the carnage. We know the thousands that lost their lives, and and the and the stories of of those that were that were heroic, and I mean, we know all that today. Amen. There was a man, a special agent. His name was John O'Neill. He was an FBI special agent, and he specialized in, in, in uh, terroristic uh, involvement around the world. And, and it was John O'Neill that, that way before 9-11, he, he had come across this guy named Osama bin Laden, and, and he did a lot of studying of, of Mr. Bin Laden, and. And it was John O'Neill that, that really felt, a man very concerned about Osama bin Laden. Matter of fact, he had warned the government, everybody he could get a hold of to warn, because he really felt that Osama bin Laden and the Al-Qaeda terrorist organization, that they were able to, to attack some way or manner, a, a, a terror attack upon the nation, on, on the land of America. But he couldn't get nobody to listen to him. He couldn't get nobody to really believe what, believe the, the information he was given. And, and he just could not really get anybody's attention. The irony of the story is that John O'Neill, he retired from the FBI. And he became the head of security of the World Trade Center. And September the 11th, 2001 was the second day on the job for John O'Neill. And unfortunately, he lost his life when the North Tower fell. Amen. It was stated that a Associated uh, Press uh, reporter sat down and interviewed with Osama bin Laden in 1998. Sat across the table from him, and it was there in that interview that bin Laden said that they, Al-Qaeda, he and Al-Qaeda, was declaring war... On America. Amen. And he pledged that there was coming a dark day for the United States. He said, the reporter said though, that bin Laden seemed to be more upset about the fact that while they had declared war on the U.S., he was unable to get the U.S. to declare war back on them. Nobody took him serious. Here he was declaring war, but he couldn't get America to declare war back on them. I'm here to tell you this evening, church, that, amen, whether you don't know it or not, you have an adversary this evening, and he has declared war against you and against the church. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, friend, that we as a church had better declare war on him. We better take his threats serious. Amen. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. We've talked about the enemy and how that he is a defeated foe. Amen. He's not that powerful being that can just come and annihilate us. But when we sit on our hands and we're not moved, and we have we're apathetic, and it seems like there's no there's no urgency. Let me tell you, there's doors that remain open, and he takes advantage of that. But a church that gets on their knees, and a church that bombards heaven with our prayers, I'm telling you, friend, amen. We can turn and change. The atmosphere in this region. Amen. Twice a day the champion of Gath, whose name was Goliath, would issue a challenge to the soldiers of Israel. David, when he, little boy David, comes in and he, and he, and he, he speaks to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? and take away the reproach from Israel. Because see, every time this uncircumcised Philistine would would get up and issue his challenge, the men of war, they would run and they would hide, amen, because of this one man's challenge. But this little 13, 14 year old boy, amen, that gets up and says, hey, what's going to happen to the guy who takes care of this giant, amen. And then after being scolded by his older brother, Eliab, David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Somebody needs to get upset. Somebody needs to quit running in, in hiding and saying, you know what, let's put, a, let's put a stop, amen, to the challenge. Let's put a stop to this giant that keeps on telling us, send me a man. Let me tell you, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Nehemiah after he witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem and once he got to the city and he saw it for himself he was more focused than ever. We know that the Bible tells us that they rebuilt the wall in 52 days. One way in which they did that is Nehemiah 3 and 28 above the horse gate the priest repaired the wall but notice this, each one repaired the section of immediately across from his own house. Uh, let me tell you how we're going we're gonna to wage this war. It's not going to be by one pastor or, or one preacher or, or just a handful of saints. Uh, but it's when each individual says, you know what, uh, my family is worth fighting for. Uh, my family is worth waging war for. Uh, I'm going to rebuild the wall that's right in front of my house. I'm going to take care of this. And then when we league ourselves together, There's power. Amen. Chapter 4 tells us that when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the walls of He was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. He said in the presence of his his brothers in the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burned ones at at that? Tobias said, amen, said, yes, what they are building, if a fox goes up on it, he will break. Down their stone wall, but notice what Nehemiah says. So we built the wall, and the wall was joined together to half its height. And for the people had a mind to work. They had an adversary that was trying to get them distracted, but their attention was on what had to be done. They had to get the wall, Amen, rebuilt. In Nehemiah chapter six, Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that there were no gaps that remained though we had not yet set up the doors and the gates and so Sanballat and Geshem they sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono but I realized they were just plotting to harm me so I replied by sending them this message I am engaged in a great work so I cannot come why should I stop working to come and meet with you that's the new that we've got for the enemy this evening amen we are involved in a great work amen we are engaged in a great work I don't have time to mess with the devil but I'm telling you friend we've got a weaponry within our arsenal amen spiritually that'll take care of our business today they kept on amen they kept on at them. Nehemiah said there's no truth in any part of your story. You're making up the whole thing. They're just trying to intimidate us. Imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 15. So on October 2nd the wall was finished just 52 days after we began. begun. And when our enemies and surrounding nations heard about it they were frightened and they were humiliated. They realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. I don't know what the enemy's trying to do. I don't know what his thinking mechanism is, but I've got news. If you want to be humiliated, if you want to be frightened, you just hang in there. You know why? Because we're going to go to battle. We're taking back the land that the enemy has stolen. We're taking back our the prodigals. Amen. We're going to war in the spirit, and they're going to be humiliated because they're going to realize that this work is done by the help of our God. Amen. Hallelujah! And remember, Ezra chapter seven tells us in verse twenty-three, "Whatever is decreed by the God of heaven, let it be done." Amen. I don't. It really doesn't matter what challenges lie ahead of you. It really doesn't matter, Amen. How how many Odds are against you. I'm telling you, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We're landing tonight. (laughs) May I have your attention, please? Amen. We, you and I, we cannot do this on our own abilities. We We cannot accomplish the task with our own talent. Amen. We must have the help of the Lord. Amen. Anybody realize that tonight? Praise God. Amen. Israel, the nation of Israel, is it's, a, it's the size of New Jersey. It's a very small nation. Every nation that surrounds it are not only are they much larger, but they also are Arab nations, and most of which have every desire to see Israel annihilated. Amen. There's been threats. Iran has made threats that they're going to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Why haven't they done that yet? Again, it's not because Israel is such a large nation. Because they're not. They're, they're small, relatively small. And, and being a small nation, they're not able to have a gigantuous uh, military. Now, although in Israel, if you are raised in Israel. Uh, if you are a man or a woman, you will serve two years in the uh, in the uh, IDF. They call it, but but it's not just that. Amen. Israel, in their in their smallness, are pretty effective. They have an arsenal of many weapons. Uh, when I was in Israel this year, the first night we were there, we stayed in Tel Aviv. the The first night and about. About 60 miles south of us, towards the Gaza Strip, amen, the Hamas, another terrorist group, had shot 30 rockets into Israel. That's, that's big news for me, all right? I mean I don't know how many anybody here ever heard rockets being shot into Dexter. you know But, but for Israel, they acted like, oh, okay, there's 30 rockets. But, but the thing about Israel is they have this what's called an iron dome. And it is a defense system that when a rocket is shot into Israel airspace, that this, this defense system determines where those rockets are going to go. And if a rocket is going to just hit a, an empty field, they let that rocket go and let it explode in the field. But if the rocket is in the direction of any type of civilization, then their defense system shoots that rocket out of the sky. That, that night, 30 rockets were shot in. Nine of them were intercepted. The others were allowed to explode in empty fields. It's pretty amazing. Amen. I'm telling you, church, Israel may not be the biggest nation. Israel may not, amen, they may have a lot of things, that they may be lacking a lot of things, but let me tell you what they have. They are God's people. Amen. God determined Israel to be his people, beginning with Abraham. And I'm telling you, we as a nation, as American nation, I, 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 I'm a strong supporter of Israel. And just this week, a man, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and, and several others were at our White House. And they were being honored. And there have been several different peace deals that have been happening in other Arab nations. I'm telling you, it may not be the big peace deal, but it's on its way. What else has to happen before you and I, our attention is grasped? We're living in the late hour. Amen. And we've got at our disposal a God who is able, amen, to do above and beyond what we could ever even ask or imagine. I'm just asking this evening, May I have your attention, please. Amen. My, my request is this. Amen. Is that you and I, together. Amen. That we first will do as Nehemiah instructed those in Jerusalem. Let's take care of the wall that's right in front of our house. Uh, Amen. Let's start right here with me. Uh, Let's start right here with each individual. Uh, Let us examine ourselves Uh, because, friend, uh, amen, I have every intention of making it to heaven Uh, and I also have every intention of you going with me. I want to make it. I want you to make it. I want your family to make it. I want your children to make it. Amen. And I realize that I, you know, we may not be able to make anybody do anything but I'm telling you when you go to God in prayer prayer will make the difference as we stand here today amen maybe this evening you feel like one of those pelicans it's been so long since you've been about the purpose that God made you for that you've you kind of forgot you don't really know for sure you're I'm telling you, amen, the calling of God is without repentance. The calling of God, He don't don't give it and take it away. Amen. Just like the prodigal son when he realized, I need to go back home. Amen. I don't know if he was surprised or not, but the Bible says while he was still a great way off, amen, that father began to run and embraced him. And immediately he said, oh, no, no, you're not my servant. Go get a robe, get, put a ring on his finger, and kill the fatted calf. We're going to celebrate because my son, who was lost, is now found. He was dead, but now is alive. Amen. This evening, that's, that's all that needs to happen. Amen. God, take me back to that, where, where it all began. Lord, I, help, help, help me to have a revival of my memory, God, of what, what you've called me to do. I want to invite you this evening around this altar. Find you a place for the next few moments. God, stir our hearts. Lord, help us to, to be to be moved. Help us, God, to have a desire to change. Lord God, I, I, I can't do this. We we can't do this on our own. It's not it's not by our might, but it's by your spirit. Oh God, we got to engage in your spirit. Oh, we got to put ourselves to the side and we got to decrease so you can increase. And as we draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to us. Come on, church. Let's reach out. God, help us tonight in Jesus' name.